Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking and learning about everything related to sex, sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. We love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So... Don't you wish you had a sex and relationship expert available to you while you were on campus during your university years to help you navigate the ins and outs of your early sexual experiences and relationships that impacted your attitude towards sex, sexuality, body image, and shame? Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about the importance of normalizing sexuality and sexual behavior, especially among college students who are at at a very impressionable age. We also get into how sex education at any age should be fun and lighthearted. Absolutely. But before we get into this and bring on our guests, we want to remind you about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex and nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leakproof and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness. Just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does. And so does today's show. You know, we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we have a very special guest for you today. Dr. Megan Stubbs is a sexologist, relationship expert, and body image specialist. With her degrees in biology and human sexuality, she's able to combine two of her favorite things, science and sex, into a, into a cohesive platform to impact her audience. Absolutely. All right. Dr. Megan, thanks for being here today. It's been a while. We met you on Dr. Ava Cadell's Loveology University panel. It's great having you here. Carolyn David, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such an important topic. We're going to be getting right into uh, college campus workshops and sex education and stuff like that. But before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the sex education realm? So I was always that friend you went to growing up to ask about like sex and relationship stuff. Um, I was the one who had all the books on puberty and changing bodies. So the knowledge base was great (laughs) then. And that just progressed as, you know, my friends and I got older. I started learning more and more. And I just continued on into my current life today. So going through school, I was always really good at science. So when it came time to, you know, choose a college and choose a career path, I was thinking I'd be like a medical doctor. So I chose pre-med as my emphasis. And so I went to undergrad with a biology degree or pursuing a biology degree. And still all the while I was that go-to friend for, you know, sex questions. And it wasn't until I realized I couldn't do chemistry that being a medical doctor was not going to happen. So I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) 
<laughs> what am I going to do with this biology degree? Just trying to, you know, get out of university and you know, stop hemorrhaging money. <laughs> I'll sit up, figure it out later. So it wasn't until I was like actually consciously reading a magazine and I actually saw it was Ava <laughs> in the magazine quoted. It was Cosmo and it said Ava Cadell, sexologist. And I was like, what? Sexologist? That's not a job I saw on career day. And so I Googled back then, you know, sexology graduate school and I found at the time one of the few graduate schools in the country that offered graduate degrees in human sexuality and I was like oh my god this sounds like it might be for me and it totally was because here I am still to this day wow. <laughs> being that being that friend you always go to for sex advice now I'm just a sexologist well that's a, I mean that's a great story and I hope young ladies today looking at doing something in their career path know that they could be a sexologist right out of university now, Megan, 100%. Megan, now that you're in the field of sexology and we're just in a second, we're going to get into, you know, the things that um, students need to know as they're going back to school, back to college um, in the next couple of weeks. But when you were on campus, when you were learning, when you were that student, did you find that you had enough knowledge um, to navigate the ins and outs of, of sexuality on campus personally? Personally, I found that I had the knowledge, but that's because I was seeking it out. So when I was a freshman, we had freshman orientation where they had a bunch of different programs and like presentations for us. And we actually had a group come talk to us about sex ed and they do their presentation. And I was like, that was kind of shitty. Like, this isn't great. Um, Fast forward to now, they're still at my same undergrad university doing their same talk. And I'm like, you haven't changed anything in how long I graduated ago, like 10 years. Wow. Nothing's changed. It's it's very dry and not up to date in my opinion. So for someone who wasn't like me, wasn't this like friend you go to for sex information, I would feel kind of lost, especially if I came from a conservative background or a background that didn't even offer sex education in my like elementary and high school years. I'd be like, I don't know, <laughs> figure it out as we go. So personally, yes. But for everyone else, I don't think it was adequate enough. I think that's a very accurate statement. Every year we do different types of back-to-school shows, and all the um, educators who either educate teachers on how to educate kids or how to educate parents on how to talk to their kids, um, they all keep saying that the curriculum, the information, is so outdated, and it doesn't get updated as, I mean, our world is changing not every year, but like every month with all the the new um, conversations that we're telling the world that they should be having um, but the the curriculum that the kids are getting from teachers who aren't necessarily the experts um, I'm agreeing with you is not the most accurate information yeah I mean I'm still a student I feel like I'm constantly learning I think people who think they get their degree and that's the end really do a disservice especially if they're in the education space because things are ever changing and evolving I mean we're having language shifts I think there's a huge conversation right now around ethical non-monogamy and if you're not like well versed in this not saying your own anecdotal experience isn't great and good but you have to have had more than a threesome to be some kind of exactly. expert yeah. and educating on you know E&M or something mm-hmm, absolutely and one of the things is that of course, one of our favorite things to do is our radio show because we are learning all the time. And that's what makes it so much fun. But as an educator, you must also feel so inspired that you are changing people's lives. You know, that is one of the things when people say, like, what's the best part about your job? It's like all the free sex toys you get. And I'm like, well, that's a great perk. But (laughs) it's when I can either see the light bulb go off in someone's eyes or 
knowing that I've just like rocked their foundation to let them know like what you like is normal, what you're into is okay, or like, wow, I'm not uh, misshapen or have strange body parts, or I'm I'm this because I want to do this. Like, just normalizing the sexual experience and expanding it beyond what we see in movies and TV and learn from educators is so fulfilling because it's like, yeah, you're normal. It's okay. Absolutely. Cool. I mean, we get questions all the time and, you know, we usually refer them to other experts. We don't pretend to be the expert on everything, but it's just great that we actually have educators like yourself in this world that we can refer people to. Absolutely. So um, we're going to get into some juicy stuff in our show. Let's talk about what something about something that's super important to um, people who not only are on campus, but in general. So a lot of people like talking about safe sex. We like talking about safer sex. Yeah, safer sex is so important. Um, I think the generalized idea is like teach them how to put on a condom and that's all there is to know. But it's like meh, more nuanced than that. Um, there's so many ways to protect yourself and being able to not only know how to do that, but to communicate what safer sex means for you is so important. Yeah, especially when it comes to consent and respect, that you have to be able to say those words, what you want and what you don't want. Um, it's almost like a negotiation before you have that sexual encounter, not while you're in the throes of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime someone's meeting someone new or just having a new sexual encounter, I always recommend talking about it before you do it. So I often say too, like with college students, if you can't talk about it, you shouldn't be doing it because then you're fumbling around in the dark, uh, guessing, and that's not going to make for a good sexual experience and could also get you into some hot water, especially if you're like, well, we didn't say no, we didn't discuss it beforehand. Just eliminate all that risk at the end and just talk about it beforehand. That, that's a great segue into something that us in the lifestyle practice all the time, which is consent and respect. And I, I want you to talk a little bit about that, but I also want you to get into the fact that even though you've given consent, you can take it back at any time. 100%. I mean, if you want to have a good sexual encounter, you're not only asking for consent in the beginning, you're doing check-ins throughout because maybe someone said like, yeah, I would love it if you, you know, tried anal beads on me. And then halfway through, they're not feeling great. You can say, hey, I know I said I wanted to try these, but I'm not really feeling it anymore. Can we stop this? hey, sure, no problem. You don't have to go through and like grin and bear it because you said yes in the beginning. It's like that amazing uh, tea analogy video where it's like, well, I asked for tea. No, I don't want any more tea. And it's like, no, you drink the tea. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can say no to tea. You can say no to the anal beads. Right. And what about consent when you're either under the influence of alcohol or drugs? You know, that's a gray area because maybe one drink, you're not completely incapacitated. If someone is unable to consent freely because they're under the influence, just don't do it. Save it for another time. Just stay safe and say, you know what? I can tell this person's had a lot to drink. They don't have their faculties about them. Just don't do it. That's that's not okay. It's same with the tea. You're not pouring tea down their throat if they can't even, you know, if they're not even awake. Yeah. Right? That's not happening. They want more tea. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> and we, we talk about in the lifestyle as swingers that there's three main rules, right? Ask first. No means no. And if you don't get an enthusiastic yes, it's a no. And I think those three rules go to anybody who's having a sexual encounter that that's the basis of respect and consent when you're having that conversation before. Yeah, I would totally agree. I think a lot of things that are seen in the lifestyle community can totally be applied to people's vanilla lives because 
at least with lifestyle, you have to be talking and communicating. Well, I think people who live a more vanilla, you know, closed off heteronormative lifestyle, they don't have that built into their lifestyle rubric. So I love that. And one of the things that college students, I think today, I mean, I'm not sure you can tell me, is that they have more than one partner at the same time. Is that true? I think for some, yeah, that's definitely true. I've also seen where people don't have any partners and they're really struggling to make connections. So I definitely see on both ends. Yeah, I, I think your your point was not having more than one partner at the same time no, in a threesome, but, no. but, but multi or mega dating. Yeah. Or and, mega fucking. <laughs> right. And, and that's when you have to be super careful, uh, safety wise, of course. And make sure that you are practicing safer sex. And again, it's not just the condom. It's everything that you do to protect yourself. And that, and that statement, if you don't get an enthusiastic yes, it's no. You know, um, I, I think in today's world, you know, men are, might be a little bit more aggressive than the women are. But if, if guys, if you're out there and she doesn't say, hell yeah, I want to suck your cock, don't say, ah, oh, come on. And girls, if you hear that, ah, oh, come on, and you're not into it, then just walk away. Right. Yeah, we call that sexual coercion, and a coerced yes isn't a real yes. Correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about positive image. Yes, positive body image. Um, I think this is especially poignant right now as we are hopefully on the tail end of the pandemic, and I see advertisements for weight loss all the time, but especially right now, it's like, did you pack on the pounds during COVID? Try this to lose the weight. And it's like, okay, listen. We have been through enough, so we don't need your body shaming coming at us because we put on some weight, air quotes, you know. Helping people realize that they're good right now as they are is so powerful and impactful because I've spoken at, um, there's a women's clothing store I work with in the community, and we have events, and helping them realize that their bodies are good right now is so important because they've just been inundated with these messages that their bodies aren't good they need to lose weight then they'll be happy desirable um have better sex and it's like no those things are available to you right now and so just shifting the mindset is just it's one of the most rewarding things i do i call mine the covid curves and i'm proud of them <laughs> Ooh, COVID curves, i like that exactly our doggy sex has never been better <laughs> right <laughs> got a big handle to hold on to now it's that's good big. it's cute you're you're so beautiful thank you thank you honey so megan um another aspect that's really out there today is all about sexting and pictures and videos that we're taking of people and they're getting out into the public because some people are just dumb. Let's let's talk a little bit about the do's and don'ts of social media and sexuality. Yeah, I think anytime you're going to be posting, um, whether it's nude photos or maybe sexy text and language, the internet doesn't forget. <laughs> it lives on the internet forever. So whatever you're putting out there, mentally be prepared. Like, what if this comes out? So not to say, like, act from a place of fear, but also make sure you're sending these messages, images to people who respect you enough to not just put you on blast or share these photos on some kind of like, you know, photo sharing site that they're going to act with integrity with your photos or words. Um, so just always keep that in back of mind. And, you know, safe ways to do this. Don't put your head in. That could be anyone's body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you start putting your face in it with, you know, your other body parts, we've seen what that's done to politicians. So, you know, 
Yeah, and it's okay. What you're comfortable with. Right, and it's okay to crop it off. And even if you have a nice smile, crop it off right at the face, uh, at the, the lips, and that's enough already. And we and we say yeah, all the time, right. you know, you know, in the swinging lifestyle, the average age we'll say is about forty-five. But you know, it goes up. We have friends who are in their seventies, and the younger crowd is getting into exploring their sexuality. And we tell people all the time that if you're in a career or you're moving towards a profession or you have this um, job that cannot for any reason afford you being caught on camera, on film, sexting, anything, don't put anything on a device that's connected to the internet. Put it on an individual camera, um, use a Polaroid, but once you put it to the cloud, once you put it anywhere, it's there forever. Even though a site says they have the best security in the world, it can still get out there. So if your life, your job depends upon someone not seeing what you are doing in your private, the privacy of your bedroom, just don't put it on a connected device. The internet never forgets. Mm-hmm. Now, besides photos and videos that we might send to our friends, what about sexting? What is- yeah, sexting is a great way to have a relationship stay hot, especially if you're you know, at a distance. Um, I love sexting personally, but again, too, if, you know, screenshots, those live forever, too. Yep. So if you don't want to have your name associated with the sex, maybe you have a username that's not your real legal name. Um, there's ways to protect yourself around it. But I still I, I think sexting is a really fun option to do with a partner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even if you send and we do have to mention about the unsolicited dick pics, please, yeah. guys, <laughs> yeah. don't do it we don't want them if we haven't asked for them we don't want to see your dick and believe me when we do we will ask right yes 100 percent. i will ask if i want to see it are you seeing more and more younger students um having threesomes and exploring a little bit the boundaries of sexuality um i've seen them explore more of not necessarily threesomes but like a poly kind of lifestyle they're looking to have different people meet different needs in their lives. So I see a lot of curiosity around that. I'm sure people are still having reasons too, but a lot of the questions are centered around polyamory and what that could look like for them. Mm -hmm. And do you think on college campuses, there are um, more freshmen, uh, sophomores, seniors, juniors, whoever they are, going to parties where it's just a sex party and it's not a threesome where you're doing it with your couple, but just a bunch of people are getting together to have sexy fun you know i haven't come across that um maybe they're not coming to my workshops Mm -hmm. or maybe they're not disclosing that to me but i personally haven't seen or heard of that going on in college campuses and if if a young couple was was together and they wanted to have a threesome what's something that they need to think about before they invite you know their best friend in yes this is a great question (laughs) um talk about what your expectations are with your partner currently before you even broach it with someone else you know what are the rules are there going to be rules do you have you know safer sex practices in mind what's the like do we have a not get out of jail free card but is there a like cut we got to end this it's not working out and also who are we considering adding is this person okay like are they okay with our relationship will they respect it are they going to try to be an interloper and break us up so there's a lot of conversations that should happen not just one but many where you map out all these nuances because you want to have the best experience you can. Of course, they're going to always be unknowns, but if you do a bunch of that pre-work, you can kind of help eliminate or you know steer yourself in the right direction so you don't come up with a situation where suddenly you're in the throes of it and you're like, wait, how dare you you know 
Mm-hmm. Swallow my boyfriend's ejaculate. Mm-hmm. That's for me only. Well, you didn't discuss that, but we mm-hmm. didn't know. So mm-hmm. try to have all these like different scenarios in your mind played out already before you start seeking out a third partner. Go figure. And, good, good communication. Right. Good and, communication. and just remember, yeah. you good might, if your relationship is a young relationship, which it might be and when you're in college, just remember that you might feel jealousy. You might not think it's going to be that way, but then you get into the throes of it and you might feel jealousy and you might not be able to go through with the threesome. And it's okay to say, stop, let's yeah, get out of here. Yeah, because I'm not feeling yeah. good right now about this and I don't want to make this a bad experience. So mm-hmm. think of those things and it's better to work really hard towards that first great experience than to just jump in and regret it. And again, you know, if you're in a young relationship, work on your relationship. There's so many sexy things. We're going to talk to Megan in the second and third segments about sex toys and and all those different things you could do as a couple. But explore your sexuality as a couple before you start bringing another person in because you don't need to complicate things when you're six months, a year, 18 months into a relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, For sure. And if you're already on rocky grounds, don't think adding someone's going to fix no. it. Oh, right. That's a very good point. Wow. <laughs> this is all great information. Just hang on a second. We need to do a quick shout out to one of our show's sponsors, but we will be right back after this. Reminder that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we're talking with sexologist Dr. Megan Stubbs. Stay right there. All right. So here's some exciting news. We are so excited to announce our new partnership with Topless Travel. Topless Travel has been around for many years and puts on the most sexy, fun, and erotic events at some of the world's sexiest venues. From the Bliss Cruises to Desire in Cancun and Hedonism in Jamaica, Topless Travel offers a multitude of new and exciting adventures to stimulate all your desires. We'll have lots more to tell you in our upcoming shows, so stay tuned. For more information about all their open-minded events, simply go to thesexylifestyle.com and book the sexiest vacation ever. Alrighty, we're back. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now let's get back to our show with sex and relationship expert and author, Dr. Megan Stubbs. Well, this is a perfect time for you to tell us about your new book, Playing Without a Partner, A Single's Guide to Sex, Dating, and Happiness. Yes. This is a book that is written for single people, but I really think people who are in relationships too can benefit from it. Um, it's a primer on how to live your best life, whether single or partnered, um, and really helping you find that resilience uh, within yourself to live your best life. So I think a lot of books on the market are about people who are already in relationships or people who are seeking to be in a relationship. Um, and they see singledom as kind of like a placeholder. So this book's really celebrating um, the single life and, you know, how to craft and create a life that's super fulfilling without thinking you need to have someone else involved. Right. And of course, uh, you can still have a great sex life, even if you're not in a partnership relationship. Yes, for sure. Yeah. The first half of the book is about you know finding happiness within yourself, finding sexual satisfaction with yourself. Um, really celebrating your body and all the things that are available to you right now, this very second, without adding in a partner. And then, of course, at the end, we talk about playing with others, too. Mm-hmm. But right now, in the beginning, it's just all about you. And, of course, you don't have to be in a committed relationship to enjoy great sex. Even if you want to just have, like, a play friend or a friend with benefits, that could also be something very important um, if you don't want a commitment type of relationship. Yeah, for sure. We talk about having, you know, sex with near strangers at the end, uh, also being in a committed relationship and just having one night stands. So we talk about all the iterations of playing with yourself or with others. You know, I love and we've, we've spoken about it on the last 
three or four shows with different experts that more and more people are using the word play when it comes to sex, which is, I think, fantastic because sex should be light, it should be fun, it should be invigorating. There's so much shit that's going on in everybody's lives that when you get into a situation, even if it's a one-night stand, it should be this fun, light thing where you come out of it as a person, you feel better. Yes, I love the word play in and of itself, that it's playful. And it takes a lighthearted spin on what can be something that's like heavy, shameful, a lot loaded into the word sex. But if you think of it as play, you're thinking like, fun, laughter, good experience, like, oh, I can't wait to play, work hard, play hard, <laughs> like, you know, it just has a good ring to it. As swingers, we always talk about a playroom, or, play who, date. or who are we going to play with, a play date, mm-hmm. um, you know, when there's experts on site at Hedo on the cruises on Desire, they talk about play shops, not workshops, because work is something you got to do, play shops is having fun, so I, lo- I love, love using that word. But let's transition a little bit more and talk about your book about empowered solo play. Yes. So this is for someone who just say you've never explored masturbation with yourself. This is a great guide into finding out what kind of touches you like on your body and how to bring about amazing pleasure with just yourself. So we talk about exercises like body mapping. This is where you go through a full body assessment. And you're touching your lips, your ears, your neck, your collarbones, and discovering what spots are really sensual and what spots you're like, meh, not for me. Um, and you can take that knowledge and use it for yourself. But if and when you have a partner, you can say, listen, I love it when, you know, you bite my neck. That would feel so amazing to me. And if you hadn't done a body mapping experience, just like that, <laughs> if you've done a body mapping experience, you might not know that. So Doing this with yourself takes the pressure off uh, responding a certain way if you're with a partner and there's no pressure because it's just you. So there's no pressure. There's no timeline. There's no like, oh, I need to hurry up and do this because they might think X, Y, and Z. Exploring with yourself is really, really freeing because it's just no pressure and you can stop whenever you want. And, you know, uh, we talk about masturbation a lot. We masturbate. We uh, mutual masturbate. We, 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 we learn about ourselves. But... You know, in today's world where you do date different people, um, let's just talk for a second about how important it is to know what makes you come so you can actually communicate it to your new partner so they can make your play experience with them an enjoyable one. For sure. Um, Let's say you're going to be with someone who's been with so many people. Even though they've been with so many people, they don't know how your specific body works. So they can, you know, try and guess or maybe try things that have worked on other people's bodies that may or may not work for you. So why not say, hey, I like it when you do this, when you blank my blank, yeah. then they're gonna be like, ah, sweet, I'll yeah. do that. Well, so I, it's, just, it's just good for communication. Right. I also like when we start with a new partner in the swinging world, we're with new partners regularly. But I also like to start by seeing what his approach is first. And then, because um, I like trying new things as well. So even though he's done it a certain way to everybody else, it might not work for me, but it, it might work for me too. So I always let that go on first and then then start just coaxing. But then what I'd like to do is just to, to coax him to, um, you know, a different area that I find super sensitive. So with the right words and always positive words, um, you know, sounds and moans that feel good. I, I like to get him to the spot that makes me feel good as well. And then, of course, if it's not quite there, I'll use my words saying move left <laughs> and guys and girls, go there guys and girls if someone's doing something to you 
for a period of time and it doesn't feel good, just tell the person to do something different because someone sucking your cock for an hour and a half and you're not getting anywhere, something's not right. And girls, if he's going down on you and licking your clit or licking your pussy and he, you need two or three fingers inside or he has three fingers inside and you don't want any and he's there for a half an hour, you don't just take it. Tell him to do something different. Mm -hmm. That makes a good play experience. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to learn 100%. from your masturbation. Like you said, right. your empowered masturbation is you're going to learn all the tricks that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then having the confidence to communicate and say, Hey, you don't have to be like, I hate this. Don't do that. But you can say something like, you know, I would love it if you did this. Or what if we tried this instead? Mm -hmm. Or like, mm -hmm. it can be framed in a not aggressive, confronting way. You mm -hmm. don't have to worry about hurting their feelings. If you say, I would love it if you tried this. Right. Hey, sounds good. And you know, a lot of guys will start the conversation like, well, what do you like? You know, I like a lot of things. What do you have in mind? We haven't even started. Like, I like a lot of things. Like, I, the, you know, like, I don't like that question. Well, what do you like? So uh, I would much prefer Or what saying, do you want me to do? Yeah, I would much prefer to say, well, how, how should we get started? Or, you know, would you like, you know, would you like me to kiss you or caress you first? That kind of thing. Not just what do you like? Mm -hmm. and, and that way it's just better communication. Right. So, For sure. So, Megan, before we get into one of your expertises, which is sex toys, I have a question. Yes. So you've practiced masturbating. You know what you like. You're going out on a date. Do you masturbate before the date? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Interesting. As a guy, I would never do it. I want to have a full load ready to shoot when she wants me to. I, I was going to say it depends, but more often than not, I do. Because I'm anticipating a good date, and then I'm also anticipating the aftermath so i kind of use that as a fantasy so and what do you think yes yeah asterisk think you would <laughs> masturbate before a date i mean i'm we we do go on dates and right. i i find the, the arousal that i'm getting as we're getting ready to go and we're That's talking true. about who we're going to see i'm not actually masturbating but i'm certainly getting my whole mind into it but sometimes and we then, have sex before we go out sometimes we have sex before we go out yeah. but then also i was going to say that i certainly will squirt or Absolutely. feel good or touch my clit or whatever as i'm you know, getting ready for the date, trying on my fancy stuff or my boots or whatever it is that I want to put on. And you also like sometimes we have sex before a date and I come inside you and that come is like, it drips down you, your leg a you little bit. You smell it a little bit. Yeah, you, we, keep, you we keep it on before we go out. And yeah. that way, we, you know, we don't jump in the shower right away. We say, nah, you know what? I think I'm going to keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say as a younger single person, I wouldn't masturbate. But now as a swinger, um, we might have sex before we go out. Hmm. Yeah, it depends on how much anticipation is building. Because I've definitely gone on dates where I'm just like, eh. mm -hmm. but if it's like really good and you're feeling it, I'm like, ah, this might be best. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, absolutely. Get the endorphins going. All right, yeah. now I, we know you've got a lot of expertise on sex toys. Tell us the ones that really work. You know, I found I want to use words like commonly and normatively. So it's very common for women to like clitoral stimulation. And so for me, I find the best toys, especially if someone's a beginner to try, are vibrators. So now when you say vibrators, that's a whole universe of different toy options. But I think if you are someone who's not into sex toys, a great place to start is with a bullet vibrator. This is something that's pretty small handheld it's not confronting you're not going to open up your drawer and be like hey partner you want to try this you got this two hands on this giant dildo uh, you can say hey yeah. <laughs> yeah right like i gotta plug it in hope you have you know a grounded outlet <laughs> <laughs> so 
having a little bullet vibrator is super great because it's, you know, not usually expensive, um, can be used in more areas than just clitoral stimulation, but it's a great gateway toy into exploring sex toys. You can go up from there and try a wand. So wands still provide the vibration where you can do pinpoint, you know, touching on your body, but you can also insert the wand. So maybe that would be a great step into exploring what penetration feels like with a vibrating sex toy. Then if you like both, we can talk about dual motor toys where you've got external and internal vibration. Um, so it's really a building block and kind of choose your own adventure when it comes to sex toys. But if you're just like completely new and overwhelmed, start with a bullet vibrator. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And try them in different areas. You can even like go around the anus and see how that feels. And on, on your man, it's around the perineum too. Try it in different areas. And don't think that men don't like vibrators because they certainly do. Cock rings are amazing. Sure, absolutely. Vibrating yeah. cock rings, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's couples toys where you put like, I put one on my cock and it does my cock and your clit and everything vibrates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of toys for everything. So depending on what you're into, again, we tap back into that body mapping where you're like, listen, I want to feel some, you know, rumbly sensation. So maybe you'll think, okay, I need a powerful wand vibrator for that. You can use the knowledge of what you like and enjoy. Maybe I want some like nipple stimulation. You get some vibrating nipple clamps. Like once you know what you love and like, you can go seek that out in the toy world because there is a toy for you on the market. And I was going to say, if you're going to an actual physical store to buy a sex toy, ask the sales agent. They know everything about the toys and they're not afraid. They're not ashamed. They're not shy to talk about it. You might be, if it's your first time in there, a little bit shy to listen, but they know what they're talking about. Take, you know, take heed of what they're saying. Babe, you want to talk oh, about your womanizer? Sure. Of course, that's one of my favorite toys uh, is the womanizer. <laughs> and that's a different that's a stimulation toy. because it's it's an air technology. So although it's got a bit of a vibration on the round head that's you know goes around, kind of sort of encompasses the, the clitoris, uh, it's got a light vibration, but it's mostly the air technology that stimulates the clitoris. In my case, um, it gets me off in like 30 seconds. So like, you know, Megan, it works Megan, for me. Megan, your opinion on the womanizer? Uh, it's a wonderful toy. I think the pleasure air is such a unique sensation. So when people ask about that, I'm like, it's so hard to describe. It's so experiential. Like if it's within your price range, definitely try it out because it's it's a great toy. Personally, love it. And we, we use it as a couple's toy because um, Carol, no, the womanizer, any of the air devices, it's for the woman to use on herself because she needs to know where to put it. So I can't put my cock in. I can't put my fingers in. She wants that area for herself. But Carol loves having my cock in her mouth while um, she's playing with herself. And I know a lot of guys out there are sometimes a little intimidated by sex toys, but they are a huge part of our life and our swingers life because it just adds a little bit of spice. And I was saying earlier to new couples, instead of you know maybe doing a threesome or getting into sex parties, bring some sex toys into your couple. And there's so many different ones. I mean, we have a Sibian here as well, which is a whole other... That's a saddle toy for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah. It's a vibrating saddle toy, which has the, I, I guess, I don't know what you call them, devices on the top? It's you, just a beast. No, I want to explain Different it. Different attachments. Attachments, there you go. Right. So they have attachments that are like dildo-like attachments, but they vibrate and rotate. So right. that's a whole different sensation. And as soon as that rotation starts, I end up just squirting instantly with the rotation inside my vagina. But also when we remove the attachment, David sits on it while I suck his cock and he's getting full vibration on his anus and perineum while I'm sucking his cock. And that doesn't take him very long to go into yeah. come either. 
Yeah, so so add toys. There's so many different things out there. Some of them are super expensive, but like Megan was saying, start with the inexpensive stuff. So it lasts three or four times and you throw it out and cost $10. You don't have to spend 200 to figure out if you like insertion, mm -hmm. vibration, stuff up your ass. There, there, there's so many different things to try. Yeah, I think that's one of a, a like a big misconception is like you have to spend three figures on a sex toy because that's a lot of money for some people, especially if the toy sucks and you don't like it. Right. There are many value price toys that come in vibrator, pebble, dual motor, uh, insertable, G-spot, anus. I mean, there's a lot of toys all at the lower end. Doesn't mean they're cheap. Mm -hmm. They're just inexpensive. Mm -hmm. And so once you find out I love the style of toy, you can definitely spend more money. But price tag doesn't indicate quality because there's some amazing toys that are super inexpensive and there's some high-end toys like you're gonna invest in a Sibian I mean you gotta have some serious money mm -hmm. and you're gonna hopefully like strong vibration mm -hmm. if you're not into that that's not a toy for you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely, absolutely. We're, we're gonna talk a little bit about um, your play shops um, on cruises and at Hedo and temptation but I want everyone to stay tuned because in great sex matters and in, in a few minutes we're gonna talk about lube and megan is an expert on lube so stay tuned so megan before we get into that let's talk about some of the play shops you've done at hedonism everybody knows we've been there we've been to temptation we've been to desire we go on the cruises what what are some of the important points that you bring to people and, and some of your most popular play shops when you're on these um vacations i think the most i think overarching more important or most important is Stay curious and keep it playful. So I'm sure I'm not the first person to ever explore anal sex with people in lifestyle. But, you know, we've had people who are experts and novices come and hopefully they've left with some new piece of information. It's never bad to go get a refresher. But of course, I'm there in service of the people. So I want to make sure I'm presenting what they find interesting. So I've done workshops on anal, um, oral sex for penis and vagina owners, um, edging so different things that hopefully pique their interest or maybe they're just curious about learning more about or seeing like well do i know everything about this let's check it out so um i love the curiosity and the playfulness of the workshop play shop i gotta start saying play shops now right and do you find clients want um just more information about intimacy and how to add intimacy into their relationship that's definitely on there too um i love to explore more about making communication and meaningful encounters uh, more prevalent, especially in the lifestyle community. So I would love to explore more of that and see how couples react to that kind of play shop. But I'm open to doing whatever people are into because mm -hmm. I got the knowledge. Let me give it to you. Tell me what you want. So what's your which one is your favorite to to give present. to teach people to present? Um, I like the edging one because I can actually see in real time the people exploring the different techniques, and then sometimes I'll do a timer and I'll call out pause or switch or like take a break and so seeing that like build and of course i'm not like there are rules like oh i can't believe you came get out of the class <laughs> um but just seeing them try something new because ideally you know what your partner likes you know how to get them off but when you put the brakes on and edge it and keep it lingering what does that look like you know how does that build how does your body change like what's the anticipation feel like so 
for me, that's super fun because it's like it's like playful. It's a change from what you normally do. When we first learned about edging, I looked at Dave and said, don't you dare do that to me because when I'm ready to come, I want to come. But since then, of course, (laughs) I've opened my mind and we've tried it a few times. And certainly it is interesting to see what happens. It's not my favorite, but David likes it. (laughs) And uh, I like doing it to him. It just puts me in control. I I like the idea. We we were going to talk about edging and great sex matters. But since we're chatting about it now, Megan, talk a little bit about edging, what it is and, and the pros and cons about it. Yeah, so edging is the practice of bringing yourself to the brink of orgasm and then backing away or completely stopping stimulation. So you can do this once, twice, five times, um, and then eventually come, or maybe you let it ride and let it burn for a day or start in the day and let it happen at night. This is just you playing around with your arousal levels. Um, This is really great for solo play to, you know, play with yourself. See what your body cues are, know where you're at the point of no return, and then be able to translate that for partner play and say, like, I'm close, I'm close. And I mean, no worries. You don't get a failing grade if you happen to orgasm because who's mad at an orgasm? (laughs) Right. So it's just a fun thing to try and play with. Um, This is great for someone who is experiencing um, premature ejaculation. This is a practice that can help elongate the sexual encounter. But by no means do we want to center like orgasm is the end all be all. Um, It's just a different way to practice sexuality and have a long experience. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it's a lot of fun because then you're talking about, hey, what are we going to do now? Oh, you want me to do that? Okay, great. Let's try this. And it just puts a little bit of excitement back into everyday play. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to describe a little bit about our um, version of edging. So I'm down licking Carol's pussy, massaging with lots of lube, getting her clit nice and erect, and she gets going, and I pull away, and I put my cock into her pussy, and now I'm fucking her, and she's like, fuck me harder, fuck me harder. Okay, I want you to come. I say, no, I pull out, and I go back with my tongue on her pussy. Get your fucking cock back in me. What the hell? I thought you were going to fuck me harder. Where'd you go? I was like, what? That's the way we edge, yeah. We are not not the best couple to um, take pointers on yeah for edging. exactly <laughs> but it's still fun we definitely have a lot of fun with it all right wow that's another great segment this is a sexy lifestyle we are carol and david and we're having an amazing discussion with sexologist dr megan stubbs coming up next is our favorite part of the show great sex matters but first a quick shout out to another one of our show sponsors so stay right there absolutely another great segment i cannot wait to do great sex matters with megan because we're going to talk about orgasms and dirty talking and all that stuff but first we're going to tell you a bit about hedonism too which is one of our favorite places to go in jamaica it is definitely where we love to hang naked on the beach and it is definitely the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like and it is unbelievable. Hito's been around for 40 years. They're having their 40th anniversary this year, October 30th to November 6th. So come on down, join us for a week. If you want more information, go to thesexylifestyle.com, click on the Hito link, and book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And of course, if you're looking for an open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, you can go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 to get your first month free. Check it out. Check it out. All righty. We're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. I've said it for the last couple of minutes. It is now time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Oh, well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. And as you know, this is the time where we get down and dirty with our guests and find out about their personal sex lives. I hope you're ready, Dr. Megan. Megan (laughs) Megan has been chatting a little bit about her promiscuity. So um, you're up. Let's start when you were young. 
growing up, were you a sexually open, promiscuous, out there, fucking the football team type of teenager? Uh, yes, final answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what did you enjoy most about your young sexuality? Because some people didn't have, they had sex, but it wasn't fun. You know, I think it was the number of partners I had, which, of course, saying this in like regular society would be like very frowned upon. But I really value all the different experiences I had with different people, especially growing up. Of course, not every encounter was amazing. Oh, my God. Toe curling. But for me, it was always a lesson learning. Okay, what did I like about this? What didn't I like about this? And it really gave me a strong foundation to not only be, I think, a better educator, but to know myself better and how to be a better partner, too. So I like the number was very formative. Do you, do you remember your first sexual encounter? Not necessarily fucking, but a blowjob or something tame like that? Yes, I remember my first hand job. <laughs> and it was just so I was just like, wow, I'm touching a penis. This is crazy. <laughs> and just like I don't know. I feel like at the time it was uh, middle school and I was just like so amazed that like this is this is sex. I'm doing sex right now. Obviously not like TV sex, but like, you know, sex act, manual simulation. Uh, and it was just so fascinating to me. And I was like, huh. And of course, you know, feeling that kind of power of like being in control and like looking at my partner's face and just seeing, you know, what they liked. Of course, I wasn't like communicative. Like, do you like this stroke? It was just like, uh, like this? Okay, great. <laughs> did, did he touch you back? Yeah, I, ha I was in a bikini top and he pulled one of my triangles over and was playing with my boob. So. Nice. Wow. Very, very steamy. I've got a question that I remember my very first encounter with a, a hard penis. What did you think it felt like if you had to describe it to your girlfriend? Because that's what I had to do as soon as I was done. I had to call my girlfriend and tell her what happened. How would you describe what it was like holding onto a hard penis? I would, I, oh, that's, it's so funny because you mentioned talking about a hard penis. Um, I would say it was a soft, warm, but kind of hard, slidey rod. Oh. Like it was so strange. Kind of the opposite. I remember I called my friend the first time I touched a soft penis, not to toot my own horn, but like every other penis I encountered was always hard. Right. By the time I got to it. But I remember I was with one of my play partners and I asked him if I could pee with him. Like I could hold his penis while he was peeing. And it was like the craziest thing to me because I never felt a soft penis. And I was like, wow, it's just soft. It's just bendy. Yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. So yeah, I had to pee with an erection. I, like, I remember yeah, I was like, sorry, so you guys felt a soft penis. It's crazy. <laughs> I remember the first time I touched a hard penis and I had to tell my girlfriend after I said, it was hard, like a chicken neck, you know, it was like the neck of a chicken, except softer. But you know, it was, I mean, softer to touch, not the, you know, the texture, but I, I told her it was like hard, like a, like a chicken. And now, cause I have two brothers. I've seen penises. I looked after babies with the tiny little penis. I knew what a soft penis looked like. And, uh, and you know, I have touched it by a, a child cleaning him up, but I had never touched a hard penis before that. And I was like shocked at how hard it was. It really felt like there was a bone in there. Like, how can there not be a bone? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. Bodies are like fascinating. fascinating. So amazing. I mean, that was like probably the gateway moment where I should have known the writing was on the wall. She's going to be interested in penises. I was going to say that was the scientist <laughs> of you talking. Me too. I'm a science student as well. And, um, and it was probably, we both had fascinations about the body because we were so interested in the body. And do you remember yeah. your, do you remember your first fuck? 
Yeah. <laughs> was it good? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I felt so bad. And looking back now, I'm like, you're terrible, Megan. But I literally remember when he penetrated me and I said, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I was, I, I cringe thinking about that, but no, I remember it. And it was, it was so unmemorable. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I'd rather masturbate. This is terrible. It didn't hurt, mm-hmm. but I was just like, yeah. uh, what's the hype? Right. <laughs> because by then it was like, you know, you're seeing movies and TV shows where it's just like, he slides in and she's like, oh, oh my God, amazing. Oh, fuck David. That didn't happen. <laughs> I'm getting hard. <laughs> that didn't happen, she said, but oh. It might. It yes, might. you are. It might. It might. <laughs> All right, let's talk about orgasms then. Um, tell us, are there different types of orgasms? Yes. Um, so I, are you speaking of like stimulation or like avenues to it or intensities? You tell us, people are asking, are there different types of orgasms? What do you answer? Yes, with an asterisk. Okay. So a lot of people find that clitoral stimulation brings about many orgasms. But you can also have orgasms through nipple stimulation. Um, penis owners obviously, you know, love having penis stimulation to have orgasms. Um, there's many avenues to have an orgasm. So yes, in that sense where you're like, I just like nipple stimulation and I orgasm. Amazing. That's great. There's many ways to have an orgasm. There's not the way there's many ways. And then as far as intensity goes, some can feel like a little sneeze and some can be like, I'm going to pass out because that was so intense. I saw the universe. Um, so they vary in intensities too. And they're all okay. They're all great. How do you like to come? Often. (laughs) Great answer. (laughs) Can you come with penetration or clitoral stimulation? It's all got to be clitoral for me. There was one time where, of course, me being scientist me, I was like, I'm bound and determined to have a nipple orgasm. Like, it's going to happen. And it did happen. It wasn't awesome. I did come. But I was like, this was too much work. And then my nipples were sore. (laughs) But it happened. But I was just like, this is for the birds. (laughs) I just know what works for me. I like nipple stimulation in concert with other things. Um, penetration with clitoral stimulation, amazing. Clitoral stimulation with nipple stimulation, amazing. Clitoral stimulation with something else, amazing. Um, but trying to just do G-spot, that is, it's nice. It feels good, but it's not going to get me there. So, Carol, you normally come with you know me playing with your pussy or a couple of guys or a couple of girls going down on you. But lately, you've been coming when you were riding my cock. What what's the different sensation that makes you able to, you know, over the 15 years we're together, you've maybe come 10 times with my cock inside you. What makes it different? So I like to come in general with my pussy full. That's why you put two or three fingers inside while you're licking my pussy, while you're licking my clit. So I like to have my pussy full and I like stimulation on my clit. So it depends at what stage of arousal I'm at when mm-hmm. I ride you. But while I'm riding you, my pussy's full and I grind the my angle. clit right. and I bang it or hit it or stroke it while I'm riding you. And if I ride long enough, then for sure I can have an orgasm that way. But it's a specific angle. And if my legs don't give out or my ankles don't give out while I'm riding and I'm just in the right mood, I will continue until I actually come. And it's so intense because you're sitting on my cock. I feel your pussies just squeeze my cock together, but your legs and your thighs are squeezing in 
me as well. It's very different than when you're on your back and, you know, I'm I'm a little bit more in control mm-hmm. of where your bodies are. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very cool um, sensation when you come. Well, over. it's a contraction of your pelvic floor muscles. Is that correct? And so when you're straddling, yeah. it's a different angle where the pelvic floor is just contracting in a different way than lying on my back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the difference, I think. You're the doctor. Yeah, I will second the feeling of wanting to be full as orgasm approaches. It's just like, oh, put another finger in or like, oh, throw a finger in my ass. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So, so Megan, um, in your book, in some of your blogs, you talk about faking orgasms. Why would anybody fake an orgasm? Team, never do that ever. <laughs> um, I find that people fake orgasms when they don't want to hurt their partner's feelings, but I think the act in and of itself is kind of hurtful to their partner's feelings because they had to fake a reaction. So people do that under the guise of not wanting to hurt their partner's feelings. Um, just speak up and say, hey, you know, I'd love it if we tried this or can we switch to something else? Um, faking orgasms is like negative or positive negative reinforcement. You're telling your partner that thing you didn't like, you really liked because they're gonna remember next time, oh, they totally came so hard when I did this and turns out you hated this right. and now they're gonna try it again and you're like, oh no, it's like a negative feedback loop. So just don't fake orgasms. Don't fake orgasms, don't fake it to like end an encounter, just say, hey, you know, are you okay? Cool, It's I'm not gonna orgasm or if I had enough, I'm full, <laughs> thank you. You're good Let's at that, Let's just babe. try something else. I usually say, yeah, I, it's not gonna happen. happen. I usually say, okay, listen, sorry, my head's not in and not in there, it's not gonna happen. And I don't say, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. I don't say yeah. that. I just say, oh, listen, I'm I'm not feeling it. You but know. It, even, even, it even happens when we have our own couple sex, mm-hmm. and I know when she's not there, mm-hmm. and we fuck, we finish, I come, and then I just walk over, get her the womanizer, and then I'll play with her nipples. Or she'll suck my cock. We'll kiss passionately. And she'll still get off. But, you know, that's where she gets to control her body. Mm-hmm. And maybe what I was doing in that moment just wasn't the right thing for her. And I don't take it personally. It just is. It's and, just that moment. And sometimes I just don't need to orgasm. Like, it's not, I wanted to have sex. I wanted him close. I wanted his cock in my pussy. And it's okay that the orgasm didn't come. I don't have to grab that womanizer and make sure I finish. It's not important. And plus... I squirt also a lot, yeah. and sometimes that's in itself a good feeling. It's an ejaculation, but it doesn't replace an orgasm. It's not really an orgasm, but it still feels great, and I don't need to go to that. But form. a lot of people think that orgasms is the ultimate goal when you have sex. Megan, what do you think? I feel I 100% agree. That's what people think, um, but that's a really specific act, and if we put that as the like, you know end goal of all sexual encounters we leave a lot of people out in the cold mm-hmm. um i'm just thinking to like you know magazine covers how to have better stronger harder orgasms that's great that's okay you can go pursue that but you don't have to if we broaden the uh pleasure if you will for sexual encounters a lot of stuff can feel pleasurable without having orgasms so hey that's okay so to validate like we've been having sex maybe my partner got off but i didn't i still had a great time i don't want an orgasm that's okay to say, okay, now we're done. Mm-hmm. Great. I, that doesn't mean we had not good sex. It just means like, okay, I didn't orgasm this time. No problem. No big deal. 
And on and on the flip side, I have to say that just because you did orgasm doesn't mean it's over. over that yeah. does not have to signal the end of your sexual encounter. You might not. You might want to, like we can, have another one and another one and another one and continue slowly and softly and get back into it. I'm working on it, hon. I know, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can make myself orgasm many, many times uh, in a row, but very often David can't make the second one come or the third one come. And, and that's okay, too, just because he's just yeah. touching me in a different way than I'm touching myself. Sure. And when it's the third and fourth and fifth, I need to do it kind of precisely because now everything is so stimulated. It's only certain things that will work or won't work. Can you have multiple orgasms, Megan? Yes. It, well, again, it depends on the, you know, the later ones. Again, that'd be super stimulation yeah. specific. Right. To right. Get so when there. we get together later on in the year, um, <laughs> what can I do to help you get off? You can, well, if we're talking about like round three or four, it's got to be a lot. <laughs> Even round <laughs> one. But, uh, but <laughs> on and around your clit. On it, clit has to be in the party and then just added sensation. So maybe some like nipple licking or pinching, maybe something in my ass, maybe me doing things with my hands. Just it has to be for me. We're upping the ante of sensory play, mm -hmm. maybe more hands. Mm -hmm. So, but round one. It just sounds as good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right. Well, but, we're, we're, we're getting to the end of the show. Okay. We're getting there. But we just, can we just touch on lube before we end the show? That's what I was going to oh, say. Oh, good. I okay. mentioned it earlier. Yeah. And we cannot end a discussion about sex toys or orgasms or solo play without talking again one of, about one of Megan's specialties, which is lube. And she loves saying the wetter, the better. I think yeah, David loves saying it too. It sounds like David loves saying it too. We love lube. We love you. We, <laughs> we, we, we use have, lube all the time. We have like a, a liter in the house and, and we replenish it probably like once a week. No, not that. No, we use it a lot. Yeah, and I think that's great. Um, again, always going back into like what we see in popular media, I, I don't think I can ever recall someone grabbing for lube before a sex encounter in a TV show. It just doesn't happen. Um Yes, when we're talking about vaginas and vulvas, they will lubricate. Is that lubrication enough? Could be, but it's never wrong or bad to add lubrication. Some people can't lubricate. What do we say to them? Sorry, have painful, rough, teary sex. No, we just grab lube. Maybe we're going to have those round three, four, five orgasms. Your body's only going to produce so much lubricant. So add some lube back in. There's nothing wrong with lube being added to a play party. And for people who are like, well, if you were turned on, you'd be lubricated. Not necessarily. So just have it as a standby. Well, you're, you're young. You should be able to lubricate all over the place. Okay, again, not necessarily. Just have it on hand. And if we're going to talk about butt play, it's a requirement mm -hmm. because it does not lubricate at all. So you need to have that added slidey feeling because you can tear and bleed if you do too rough of anal penetration and that's not fun no one wants a bleeding anus mm -mm. and one thing we have found over the years after we learned from dr jess o'reilly that the clit isn't just a button it's three or four inches down in the whole vagina that even if you have lubrication inside your vagina you don't have it on the outside so i love taking lots of lube and giving Carol a nice pussy massage over her labia, down into her perineum and her and close to her anus, and really getting the blood and everything flowing in there before we do anything. And sometimes she'll just come by me, you know, giving her a nice massage and touching her clit and putting my tongue on it. And 
um, then the whole area is lubed up and I could just slide my cock in and take it out. We don't have to worry about, you know, is she totally lubricated and not or not. And we've played with younger couples. And nowadays when we go on our swinger vacations, whether they be to, you know, the cruises, Hito, Desire, um, those places, almost every playroom has lube available for everyone to use. And especially when you're using condoms, condoms um, don't always have the best lubrication and keep you going. So just lube it up a hundred percent yeah i mean especially if you're going to be doing kind of any any extended play Mm -hmm. look at what kind of lube you're using or maybe you specifically know you need this specific kind of lube because lubes are not all created equally so maybe if you have some sensitivities to certain you know ingredients knowing that beforehand is really great because then you don't just rely on like well whatever they have ky let's go you know and it's like we always travel with our lube And try different lubes and find your favorite and the one that does the best for you. Like, I don't want any taste on mine or smell, so I want to... Yeah, because you give head with lube. Yes, absolutely. You put lube on my cock, For me, that's important, but everybody has a different taste sensation too. So just keep trying different lubes until you find your favorite one. Yes. Mm -hmm. Final advice. All right, here we're down to the end of the show. Wow, went fast. So the final advice I'd like you to leave us with, please, Dr. Megan, is with students heading back to school, what are the top two things they need to know about sex on campus? I want them to know, especially on their campus, where they can go for health screenings so they can know their status and then be able to communicate that to their partners and feel empowered enough to have these, air quotes, awkward conversations with strangers that they want to play with. Great, 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 great advice. All righty. Well, Megan, that was great information. Um, We're going to have you back later on this year. Um, it's, It's so nice to have someone here who's talking from a younger perspective. Um, Why don't you tell everyone how they can find you on social media, your website, or even send you an email. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. (laughs) You can find me at sexologistmegan.com, and I'm at sexologistmegan on all the social media platforms. Ah, great. And of course, if you miss any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all their information. And you can even contact them directly from there if you have any questions about their work. Absolutely. And today, like we do every week, we are learning more and more from all our sexpert guests. We hope you do too. If you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolindavid.com. Alrighty, that is the end of another great show with another mega super amazing guest, Dr. Megan Stubbs. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. And as we do each week, we want to thank all our listeners for being there week in and week out. And you can join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe and, of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.